If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com. Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at AdamSank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to AdamSank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now, the one, the only, Adam Sank! Yes! Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, bitches. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, December 26th, 2020 at dnrstudios.com. The only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. Listen, if you listen anywhere else, please leave us your ratings and reviews. I haven't gotten a new review since November, and I'd really like one. So whatever audio platform you use to listen to this thing without paying for it, <laughs> please leave a review. Also, email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your official ass merch. T-shirts, tank tops, even a puppy. A live puppy, Ryan. <laughs> the link to all that merch is adamsank.com. And remember that you can now call the ass hotline anytime, even when we're not on the air, and leave us a voicemail. The number for that is 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. I am thrilled to tell you that our guest today for this last episode of 2020 is Devin Green, a.k.a. Mrs. Betty Bowers. Devin is a multi-talented comedian, singer, former professional figure skater. She's done everything. She's incredible. Her Mrs. Betty Bowers character is iconic, and we'll be talking to her a little later in the hour. But first, I need to welcome back everyone's favorite piglet, Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was extra. I know. Ryan, are you excited for Devin Green? I'm so excited. This is such a major uh, get. It's a major get. We've had some good gets, right? Good get. Over the past couple months. We've good get. Rocco Steele and Can I just uh, say, Jay Rodriguez. I wanted to and, say this last yes. week when we were talking about uh, our highs and lows of 2020. Please. JB said that his high was coming back to the studio and doing the podcast. And I want to second that it has been such like, I think that the shows that we've done in 2020 in the studio have been some of our best ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think being chained up in our homes for so long and having to do the podcast by phone. And I used to lay my in bed on the phone with you stoned as fuck mm-hmm. being like, this is so dumb. I, I don't understand. I can't, Thank can't you. get into this. Not you and your show, but me and the way that I was, you know, dealing with the show. Right. But, like yeah. I was editing, I was editing everything sober because this, this was the time I was sober. I yeah. had no, no smokes, no anything. Huh. <sighs> and now we're back. Yeah, we and back now out. we're back. I agree, like, though. It's, we'll be talking more about this next week for our best yeah. of the worst, uh, best of the worst year ever special. We'll be recapping both some of the at home episodes and some of the in studio episodes. But I agree, we've had some great uh, podcasts. And every week, uh, basically since the pandemic began, we start the episode, we start the live episodes with a recommended viewing, Mm -hmm. which I think has proven very popular with our listeners. A a number of them have told me that they watch things based on our recommendations. So since this is our last show of 2020, the last show of this motherfucking shithole of a year. Yes, girl. I thought I would ask you guys, what was the best thing you saw on a screen this entire past year, the number one recommended viewing uh, show or movie or anything you saw on a screen this year. And we will begin with Ryan Frostig. Oh, my God. Wait. Uh, OK, because I just I just re- I just changed my mind. Um, so I was going to say the Rosie O'Donnell um, uh, special that happened at the beginning of Corona because that was just so epic. But I think the best thing I saw on a screen 
this year had to be Cardi B when she said coronavirus shit is real shit is getting real coronavirus and why don't we have that in the board well uh, listen i'm actually trying to you bring it up i think i have it she right definitely here. set the uh i don't know what you call that a meme uh, a gif uh, it was basically the sound of 2020 was cardi b screaming coronavirus hit it ryan <laughs> Amazing. Wait, and also I have to say that is with a, a piano player. There's a, a viral video where she's saying the that stuff, but then a piano player is underscoring her music and hitting all her of the, screaming with the right notes. No, it is amazing. Yeah. But seriously, Ryan, like that's not something people are gonna watch. Okay. <laughs> so for entertain you know, for more than a second. I um I really, really I don't know if I ever actually recommended this, but um American Utopia, the David Byrne talking heads oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, HBO special. I guess because I like I, I miss seeing Broadway shows so much, and that was a show that I really wanted to see. But at the time, it was like a thousand dollars a ticket. It was like Hamilton. I wouldn't take you for a David Byrne Talking Heads kind of a fan. Well, I I wasn't necessarily a huge fan before. I mean, I knew some of the songs, but the production itself was really cool. the hmm. The choreography was very fresh. It was just like something I had never seen before, and it was a show that I really wanted to see. Didn't want to spend the money on it. Ended up going to Celine Dion and said, but then was able to see it in the comfort of my own home. And it was really stunning. And I, I don't know if it was the best thing I'd seen, but it really did have an impact. And I never got a chance to talk about it on the I pod. need to, to watch that. I've only seen a clip. And Talking Heads was very much my era. Yeah. Uh, the early 80s, early to mid 80s, um, they were huge. And I had several of their albums and used to listen to them regularly. And then I just sort of stopped but I do have great respect for David Byrne, and I would like yeah, to watch that. Yeah, it's just that. a very cool Interesting production. recommendation. Not yeah. what I expected, Ryan. I mean, there were so many, but... JB, number one recommendation of oh. the year for viewing. Honestly, I have top three. Okay. And um, I feel like I mentioned one of them earlier. And earlier in the year, you guys, is Harley Quinn. Yes, on HBO you love Max. Harley Quinn. I love it great watch it and then titans it's also on hbo max too seasons one and two it's a great show to watch hot people do terrible things oh i like that yeah and then the third titans. one is slag wars which is, is gotta watch that's my yeah. number one that's yeah. number one on my list and i keep forgetting to to watch that um i have two the first is mrs america on hulu which was a docu not a docuseries a miniseries about the ERA amendment and the fight to pass the ERA amendment with all the feminists in the 70s, Gloria Steinem mm -hmm. and Shirley Chisholm and um, Bella Abzug. It's an incredible cast led by uh, Kate Blanchett as Phyllis Schlafly, the horrible, evil, ultra-conservative Phyllis Schlafly who ultimately helped defeat ERA. Um, but what a wonderfully acted and timely piece. And then my second one... I'll say it again. Hannah Gadsby's Netflix comedy special, Douglas, <laughs> yes, is such a triumph. <laughs> I've now watched it three times, and every time I see it, I appreciate it more. Hmm. I can't believe how much I love it and how brilliant she is. So if you haven't watched it, watch Hannah Gadsby's Douglas. And I, my, my forewarning always with this special is give it time. You're going to be kind of bored and confused for the first 20 minutes. It will all pay off. I literally fell asleep. It I, will pay off. I literally fell asleep when I watched it. But I enjoyed the beginning. I was like, okay, thank you for giving me the rundown. And I expected the rundown. I love the rundown. That's my whole thing. When she gives the rundown yeah, of what's like, coming. I love it. I love it too, but, it, but it's also a little maddening because you're kind of like, just do it. But then there's a reason. There's a reason for everything she says. Every word has a purpose. And I just think it's the best written yep. special maybe that I've ever seen comedy special that is okay let's get into it guys and i thought we would we would end the year with a list we love a list you know here I love and this is a list from our favorite website cocktails and cock talk hit it jb and, and now time for another stupid story from cocktails, cocktails. and cocktalk.com yes suck my cock oh shit cocktails and cock talk ranked the 20 uh the the 20 Best male nude scenes of 2020. 
And we're not going to do all 20. We're only going to do the top 10. And my caveat with this is I don't know most of these movies, nor have I ever heard of these actors. But I think you guys will know more than me, I because these are young, hot actors, and I'm okay. No, I'm old. 50. <laughs> I'm going to be 50 <laughs> next month. No, you're none so of those things. I'm old as fuck. Um, number 10 is someone named Alfonso Barone in a movie called The Blonde One. CNCT says, looking for steamy queer scenes? The blonde one delivers. Anyone who's had an affair at work will know how sexual tension simmers until it spills over, parentheses, onto your coworker's lower back. Oh. <laughs> oh. So that's, once again, that's uh, Alfonso Barone in The Blonde One. Number nine it's is someone named Nicholas Holt, H-O-U-L-T, in a movie called The Great. The British actor bared his buns. In a period dramedy called The Great, um, CNCT says, if we were an empress, we'd have hot naked men wandering around our palace, too. Mm-hmm. I certainly would. Number eight, I have heard of both these things. It's Finn Whitrock in Ratched. This was the, uh, the Netflix Ryan Murphy uh, miniseries about Nurse Ratched, an origin story. Finn Whitrock uh, apparently wore a prosthetic penis, but uh, Cocktail says the thought of him tugging off I guess that means jerking off in English, in British English. While in prison was enough to give us a semi, at least we got the back view, too. What happened to my jerk-off sound? It's not on here anymore. Oh, here it is. Just because it's the last show and we have to play that. Number seven is an actor named Alejandro Spitzer in a movie called Dark Desire. This is from Spain. And... uh, Spitzer, who was dubbed, oh, actually, he's Mexican. He's been dubbed a Mexican version of, J- of Nick Jonas, so you know he's hot. He strips off for a number of passionate scenes. Again, the movie's called Dark Desire. Number six is an actor named Harry Lottie, L-A-W-T-E-Y, in Industry, which was an HBO show. That was the show I wanted to watch. Yes. The show delves into the darker side of the financial sector, and uh, apparently Harry Lottie showed his sizable penis one of several on the show, so now I need to watch it too. Number five we all saw, it's Matt Bomer in Boys in the Band. Mm. Now, I wouldn't really call this full frontal nudity. It was literally an instant. You had to freeze it very carefully to capture his dick. But you could see his dick, his bush, and his bubble butt, and it was enough to get everyone talking. Number four are two actors, Papa Esiedu and Samson Ajuwole. Papa That's his first name, P-A-A-P-A, Papa. And the movie's called I May Destroy You. Oh, that's a show. (laughs) Oh, it's a show. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. Not to be confused with I May Destroy Your Hole, which is uh, my favorite Rocco Steele movie. Uh, Michael Cole's I May Destroy You was a huge hit for BBC viewers. That's British Broadcasting Company, not Big Black Hawk, JB. No, I know that. I used to watch BBC. And while uncovering the truth surrounding sexual assault, we have to create a new narrative for these otherwise sexy GIFs. By the way, I recently learned that the word is GIF and not JIF. Thank you for never correcting me all the thousands of times I've said it wrong. I thought it was JIF. I thought the creator of JIF said it was JIF. I have been told definitively that it is GIF. Uh, it doesn't I, really matter. It matters to me. I don't like to be Wait, but wrong. If, it, if the creator of the thing is saying it's not that, then who is overriding I want to see the source where the creator of... For who is the creator of gifts? Someone had to create it. Mm. Mm. I think it evolved. Mm. That's like saying who's the creator of email. Come on. Number three is an actor named... Creator of email? We've talked about this actor before. Michel Marone. In a movie called 365 Days, this Italian stallion ignited international wet dreams in the Netflix series 365 Days, where he went naked on several occasions, including a thirst-inducing side peen. I love a side peen, but not as much as a front peen. Number two is Tom Mercier in something called We Are Who We Are. Mercier took us back to our horny teenage nostalgia in his naked locker room scene in We Are Who We Are. You know who I wish were still alive to hear this list, you guys? Charles Charles. from Cornhole. Charles would have loved this list, list. and he would have been he would have watched every single one of these movies. We miss you, Charles. Rest in peace. And finally, the number one nude scene of 2020, according to Cocktails and Cock Talk, is a guy named Paul Mescal in Normal People. Not only was Paul looking damn fine in his role on Normal People, but he also 
was the kind of boyfriend that everybody wanted. And then there was the schlong. Apparently he had a huge, has a huge schlong. So once again, Paul Mescal, normal people, have fun um, looking up all these movies during your horny holiday break. Yes, so Ryan? I am looking at Time Magazine, mm-hmm. and they have provided a timeline. Mm. Now, when the GIF was created in 1987, um, the uh, creator, Steve Wilhite, um, pronounced it GIF with a soft G. Okay. Now, Good. I'm glad. It has gone say- on. No, but I mean, look at this timeline. This is ridiculous. So I, I I don't know about I don't know what has the updates, but I'm just saying I know that Listen, originally I'd be happy to know that I've been saying it right this whole time, but I have been corrected by people younger and hipper than than myself but telling in me the, it's GIF. In the uh, call in Oxford eight oh four talk ass and let us know how you pronounce this. Uh, in the Oxford word. Dictionary, it was the the um, word of the year in 2012, and it says. GIF may be pronounced with either a soft G as in giant or a hard G as in Good. Everybody wins then. Thank God. I feel much better now. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't give a fuck. Okay. (sighs) I'm exhausted. I'm starting to feel the the fireball shots that we started drinking a week ago. She already done had hers. Is okay? (laughs) Exactly. Does that what? Sick man. I am getting sickened, actually, <laughs> by the fireball. Uh, okay, so here's a story that's been bouncing around the news mm-hmm. for the past couple of weeks, but it, uh, it it didn't break early enough for um, for our last show. A mm. Texas high school boy was suspended for wearing nail polish to school. He lives in Texas, and he goes to a uh, he goes to a high school called Clyde C L Y D E Clyde High School, and he just wanted to go to school with his nails painted, as many men and boys do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he went back to class after Thanksgiving break with the painted nails, he was immediately placed in in-school suspension. He was told that he had violated the dress code, which bans male students from wearing nail polish or makeup. This is in 2020. Come on, guys. Wilkinson uh, was told that he would stay in suspension until he removed the nail polish, and he refused. And just this past week, as we record this, he went in front of the entire school board and spoke to them. This, to me, was a very real-life footloose moment, like when <laughs> Kevin Bacon gets up in front of the uh, the town council to demand that they allow dancing. Um, now, now, keep in mind, this is a high school student, and he's reading, and he's nervous, but uh, I, I think he has incredible courage and balls. This is what he said to the school board. He applied to males. I got my education taken away from me for something as minor as painting my nails because it's against the dress code. The question I pose is why? Why is it against dress code for a man to be comfortable with his masculinity and defy the gender norms that society has imposed on us? Better yet, in what way is it harmful for me wearing nail polish? If it's not harmful for girls to wear it, then why is it harmful for males? Discrimination is singling out a single group or person for treatment that is different and unfair. The rule only applies to males, making it not only discriminatory but very sexist. Exactly. Who's it hurting? Yeah. Work. It, wearing nail polish isn't even a distraction. No. I could see a school maybe saying like, okay, you can't have face piercings yeah. because that's a, that's a distraction. But like who's looking at anyone else's nails? Well, unless you have like nails that are covered in diamonds and crystals and rhinestones, that might be distracting just in, in terms of like then make the that, shiny then thing. Then make that rule for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I agree. No, st- I agree. I agree. Uh, but Jesus Christ, this is really what they're worried about. There are school yeah. shootings happening. Yeah. And they're worried about some kid with fucking nail polish on. He ended that uh, address to the school board by urging the board to get with the times and accept that diversity is what makes this world great. He said, we're all supposed to be equal, not having our freedom of expression suppressed, not having our voices not heard because grownups are taking three steps back instead of forward. You better work, Trevor. After his uh, his speech, Superintendent Kenny Berry, and by the way, if you're an adult named Kenny, you should be ashamed. <laughs> he said in a statement that the, unless you're gay, in which case it's cute. Yeah. Kenny uh, Loggins? Kenny Loggins. Loggins. I'd like that Kenny Loggins gif on my <laughs> Facebook. Uh, anyway, Kenny Berry <laughs> oh, said in a statement that the dress code will not be changed until the annual review of the student handbook. Quote, the district expects students to, to abide by established rules of conduct. So for now, Trevor Wilkinson remains 
in school suspension. Who knew that kids were even showing up for school? I thought everyone was at home learning these days. Well, no, it, it depends because my sisters, they send the school sends out waiver forms. Say if you want to bring your child to school, please sign this waiver form. But less than you don't sue us when they get COVID. Yeah, but then they tell you there's less there's a there's less students in the school now because yeah. not everyone's doing it. So. Well, after sharing his experience on social media, Trevor Wilkinson went viral, and uh, a change.org petition was started uh, with the heading, Allow Males to Wear Nail Polish, and it currently has over 350,000 signatures. So I have a feeling that they are going to be sufficiently shamed, the school board, into changing this policy. It's just so archaic. Oh, yes. Can I say, I wish it. I was in high school at this time still, because, like, I I see boys now wearing skirts. I'm like, I want to wear a skirt. Like, I want to be cute and get my totally. and not be ashamed, because I felt so uncomfortable always wearing pants, because I have great legs. And the only reason I want to wear a skirt is yes. because I want to show off my legs. Yeah, and show like, those legs, Jamie. Damn. Because you're what? Sick of it. Thank you. Oh, I can't get this. Because <laughs> I'm what? This board is too far away from me. Uh, Can I just say, I never wear skirts, and I always think to myself when the subject comes up that I would love to, in the summertime, when it's fucking hot and humid in New York, I would love to put on a long, flowy skirt, like a a hippie skirt, you know, like a cotton, flowy skirt with no underpants, Mm -hmm. and just ass open to the wind. See, I was thinking more like a tennis skirt Stick it in. Here I am. No, a tennis skirt's no good because I, I, first of all, it's just... it's obscene, and I, I don't want to sit with my legs crossed. What and so about forth. a skirt? I don't want a skirt. I want. I know exactly what I want. But I you, want like the kind of skirt that girls in my high school would wear when they went to see The Grateful Dead, like oh that kind God. of. I just want something so comfy and airy, and I don't want my balls to be confined on a hot summer day. But I always forget this. So remind me when it's summertime. I will remind you to wear a cute skirt. Um, and JB, you're absolutely right. When I was in high school, I'm obviously a lot older than you. I was afraid even to wear a man's garment that was considered, you know, too faggy. Everything had to be super – like I wore – this was the 80s. So I used to wear this um, admiral's coat that I bought at like an Army-Navy store, this like blazer (laughs) with epaulets on it. I would wear it to school and I had a crew cut and I, I, I really was going for sort of the military look. And they started calling me Admiral Adler. Grace Adler? Well, he, she didn't exist yet, but it was a bastardization of my name, uh-huh. and for some reason, it really bothered me. And I'd oh walk down the hall, and they'd be like, Adler, Admiral Adler, what's up with the Admiral? Like, even that I was mocked for. And I wasn't wearing nail polish or skirts. See, I was dressing like a fag since day one. Well, you're so much younger, and you went to a performing arts high yeah, school. Yeah, but even before then, like, when I was 10, I mean, I, I looked like what you and your friends a probably faggot. looked like. In New York, I looked like like just a complete and total faggot because that's what good I thought I was supposed to look like. I'm proud I'm a of you. jealous. So good for you. My yeah, yeah you. I'm very good jealous. You, but fuck you. At the same time, I love you, but fuck you. <laughs> I love y'all, but fuck y'all. <laughs> we need to get that on the board. Oh, I give up. I give up with the Shade. fucking board. <laughs> All right. Um, here's what I hope is the last story we ever do about Melania Trump or any Trump. Now that the year is over. Um, I hope that uh, we never mention them again. But Hmm. uh, a story came out a couple weeks ago that Melania reportedly wanted to light the White House in rainbow uh, colors for Pride Month, which has been the case for years. You know, Barack Obama did it every year that he was in the White House. Um, It didn't happen ever while Trump was president. But according to senior Republican sources, the first hooker, Melania Trump, wanted to light up the White House Uh, However, the idea was reportedly shot down. Two anonymous sources told the Washington Blade that the idea was opposed by White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Meadows has been a longtime opponent of LGBTQ equality, including same-sex marriage, which he once warned would lead to a constitutional crisis. Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, Meadows was against any demonstration whatsoever of LGBTQ support from the White House for Pride Month. In 2019, Trump did mark Pride Month with a tweet, but he didn't do so in 2020. Uh, I'm just imagining this rainbow being, like, not vibrant at all. Like, every color is just, like, muted because everything she's done has been, like, you know, so bare. She's not a particularly joyous person. Like, even if that did happen, I just, I feel like it would be, like, the saddest rainbow Did you see her, did you see her and Donald's, 
Christmas photo, which they just released. No. They're both wearing men's tuxedos. What? It is the weirdest, creepiest picture. Oh. It's so vulgar and tacky like the two of them. I really don't care. Do, Do you? you? Neither the White House nor the First Lady's office have responded to the claims that she wanted rainbow lights for Pride Month. Here's what I think this is. And the only reason I, I'm doing this story. I think she wanted this leaked because she is planning to announce her divorce from him the day that he's out of office and she's already starting to try to rehabilitate her image because she's going to try to get some kind of show. She's going to try to be a guest judge on Dancing with the Stars or some shit like that. And she's going to try to like soften herself and not look like the Ava Braun that she is. I think she's going to come out. She's going to come out of the closet. Join Ellen and Portia in a polyamorous lesbian relationship. But then who, who's buying it, though? Like, everyone for four years say everything you do smells like bullshit. I'm just not buying it. Lady uh, Maga. What is that sound we keep hearing? Oh, I'm sorry. It's me. How are you doing that? I don't know. It's, I just... Yeah. Turn your phone off. It's off. You're still hosting a show. We're doing a show. Jesus your mic is always Christ. on. Okay. <laughs> Everyone needs to stop screaming. Hand over that phone. Like there haven't been other blunders on the show. Other <gasps> random sounds that come up. Shay. Everybody wants to come for me. Wow. <laughs> you guys, Thank it's you. the last show of the year. Let's try to hold it together. Let's okay. try to stay off our phones. I will try. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, wow, JB is losing it what now. What were you saying, Adam? We're all a little tipsy. I was actually really interested what was All right, it's next. time for the next story. Okay. Uh, an Australian rugby player has come forward to say he was duped into receiving gay oral sex. You're not going to hear what this sounds like, but this is supposed to be a gay blowjob. Kurt Capewell recently spoke out about the incident since the video began circulating online. I'm not going to attempt my terrible Australian accent, but he said, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Bit had to put the full story into words, but I was broke and doing some modeling. And then I got talked into doing a porno. Unknown to me, but it turned out they put a bloke on the other side of the wall. So basically he was, uh, and he really was like, it looked like a modeling shoot. He's, he's shirtless and he's, you know, posing for pictures and he's being interviewed. And at some point he sticks his dick through a wall. And get sucked off by a man. I watched the video. It wasn't easy to find. It's been deleted from almost every porn site, but I did find it. And you can too if you Google Kurt Capewell Glory Hole. C-A-P-E-W-E-L-L. -L, Kurt is K-U-R-T. Anyway, let me just say that this story is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Not only is the hole the glory hole, rather large, large, certainly large enough to see the face of the person who's blowing you. But it was one of those glory holes where it only comes up to your neck. So he could easily just look down and see who's blowing him, which of course he did. Right. Who's not going to see who's sucking their dick if they can. And it's the room is well lit. It's a modeling shoot. There's, there's bright lights on him. This is bullshit. This is fuckery, JB. This also, we know that rugby is the gayest sport out there. I mean, look at their is uniforms. It? Wait, okay. <laughs> you can't call rugby the gayest sport if, if rugby is just a tougher version of all football without the pads. But look, they were wearing booty shorts. Right. They spank like each our, other. Like our football players. They spank each other. Yeah, but no. They don't. Our football players do not wear booty shorts. They wear tight ties. So right. They have this argument shorts. another time. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. His teammates have rallied around him in support. Uh, a back rower named Liam Martin said, I'm really proud of the bloke. He said he was dealing with it himself for a while, and once he told us support from the boys was pretty incredible. We'll always stick by him. I sound New Zealandish now. At the time of the league, Capel said he was terribly embarrassed and ashamed, offering a glimpse into the lives of closeted queer men. <laughs> That's according to Cocktails and Cock Talk. However, there is nothing shameful about gay sex. Yeah. There's no doubt he wouldn't have been anywhere near as embarrassed if it had been a woman. I am telling you, he knew it was a man, and it's a hot scene. He's a nice dick. Yeah. It looks like a very uh, hungry blowjob. Hungry uh, blowjob. I was here for it. I was here for the video, and I do not. To say you were duped is basically accusing someone of rape. Yeah. I, this was fully consensual. I, I don't know if it's just because I'm a little tipsy, but uh, I looked at duped and saw DP'd. 
which, you know, in rugby. You just made me spit. Australian rugby player DP'd into gay oral sex. That would be a totally different story. That, that's a story. Why I can't drink on the channel, boy. I know, this is all Adam's fault. I'm just living in the moment. Oh, dear. Dream. All right. Meanwhile... Grey's Anatomy, which is a show that's been on the air for 50 years, but I've never watched a single never. episode. Never. I'm neither. Never. Same. But now I'm going to because they are the first network to feature a, a COVID blowjob. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Obviously, their plan to get more viewers worked. Let's get into this. Dr. Schmidt, played by Jake Borelli is clearly up to his eyeballs in patients during the show's coronavirus spectacular. So it's very kind of Dr. Kim, played by Alex Landy, to offer him stress relief in the form of oral sex in the supply closet. Uh, once again, I'll hit the sound. Can we leave my mask on? Asks Dr. Schmidt, clearly oblivious to the cultural impact those words alone give Drag Race fans. Hmm. Uh, that's not what I want to take off, Kim responds, before dropping to his knees to do God's work. And clearly it was God's work as fans flocked to comment on Borelli's orgasmic face. Oh. Another notable gay quirk of the scene is that Nico is Levi's ex-boyfriend. And as we all saw in the first lockdown, many were so starved of the dick that they conveniently slipped back into the bed of their ex-partners. Nice work, Shonda Rhimes. So again, none of this means anything to me, but uh, except that a man blew another man on Grey's Anatomy during COVID. But oh. if you're a fan of the show, it was Dr. Schmidt and Dr. Kim, and um, congratulations. I do think that this is probably happening in real life. Oh, it's totally happening in real um, life. And I, I mean, I wouldn't blame. I mean, it, I can't imagine being a, a nurse or a doctor. Oh my God! Oh I saw, yeah! Right I now. saw on Derek Romain's Twitter that they they follow a doctor who has OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. With a beautiful, big, strong penis. I'm like, you, you here with this stethoscope. You have a big, strong penis. And you have OnlyFans? No. All right. We're four minutes away from our guest segment. And uh, I was just going to wrap this up with a very nice article The Washington Post did uh, headlined 20 good things that happened in 2020. Uh, we're not going to have time for all 20. But um, they did a nice job here. And it, it is kind of a, a, a way to to reconceptualize this horrible year that we have ending, which was arguably the worst year in the past century. Sure. Uh, so number one, I'm not going to get through all 20, but number one is a terrible plague struck humankind, but scientists responded with unprecedented speed and common purpose, cooperating across national lines to decode the virus and then discover and manufacture vaccines that can prevent the disease. Number two, thousands of people volunteered to take the experimental vaccines at some risk to themselves. You know, you never know what's going to happen when you take one of these. You could die. Yeah. They did this so that safety and efficacy could be tested and proven. Number three, we learned to appreciate the selfless dedication of nurses, orderlies, doctors, and other healthcare workers who risked their lives to save others, as well as truck drivers, grocery workers, farm workers, and so many others who risked their lives just to keep the economy from collapsing. I will say, and I felt this after 9-11, that after you see the worst of humanity, you see the best of humanity. Even here in New York City, where people are notoriously cunty to one another, I, I've just seen uncommon kindness, gentleness, yeah. you know, people in stores just being super extra polite to one another. It's like we all realize that we're in a tough situation and we're being really the 7 p.m. with notable exceptions. But yes, the seven o'clock round of applause that went on for so many weeks was yeah. inspirational. And just you really saw that we are a decent people in spite of what was coming from from our government. Uh, number four, many of us felt isolated and frustrated in social distancing, but we found meaning and connection with young or adult children, older relatives, and pod mates. This is what I said last week. Yeah. My pod, I don't mean my podcast, my friend pod was yeah. everything to me this, this uh, pandemic. Yeah. We also connected with friends, relatives, colleagues, and therapists across great distances as we became accustomed to Zoom calls and FaceTime video chats. I don't know that Girl. that's a good thing, but it certainly was a necessary thing. I did more on Zoom this year than I ever thought I would. Let's just say that. A couple more from this list. 
Let's not forget Ryan starred in several Zoom sex parties. Several. I'm mostly laughing because I saw the memes. I don't know if I saw the memes. Oh. The Zoom oh. in our business because oh. of the vaccine, oh. the coronavirus vaccine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ryan's orgasming as JB's talking about uh, vaccines. Yeah. But, um, but let me just do a couple more. A record number of Americans turned out to vote in our national election, pandemic notwithstanding. Uh, and Trump lost. Oh. That's the best thing that happened this year. Literally the best. Plus, black women led the nation to this fortunate result with more than nine out of 10 voting for Democratic candidate Joe Biden. Uh, in doing so, they helped elect America's first female vice president, first black vice president, and first Asian American vice president, Kamala Harris. Yes, queen! Plus, let's not forget this. The Supreme Court ruled that no one can be fired for being gay or transgender. That's amazing. Yes, queen! I encourage you to read the entire list. Again, it's in the Washington Post, 20 good things that happened in 2020. Uh, in the darkest of times, there's always light. And there was light in 2020. And um, let's keep that in mind as we move forward into what we all hope is a better year. And that brings us to our fabulous guest. <laughs> and I am very excited. Our guest today is making her ass debut she is a comedian, performer, and musician best known for her video comedy parodies, including her performance as Mrs. Betty Bowers, America's Best Christian. She's currently the host of a brand new queer game show on the Reverie channel called Versus. Here is a taste of her on the show. Cole Jenkins, on the poster to your show, Life is Easy, what color is the letter E? Oh, a blue? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> April 7th of this year, you tweeted one accomplishment for the day. What was it? I showered. Yes. yes. Your TikTok bio claims your account is there to mostly do what? Um, annoy my husband. And take yes. <laughs> yes. You directed Paper Planes in 2018 at which theater? Uh, the Basement Theater. In Auckland, yes. Yes. Special skills on your resume says you can hip hop and do what other kind of dance? Uh, uh, boring? Yes, I call bullshit though. Bullshit on all that. And joining us all the way from sunny Southern California, please give a warm ass welcome to Devin Green. Hey, Devin. Ooh, the applause is thunderous. Welcome, Devin. Instagram was 2020-12. Where was the location of your first Instagram post? I mean, these are tough questions. Yours was downtown Summit, New Jersey. Oh, are you? 119 weeks ago. Holy oh, shit, you oh actually God. did research on me, Devin Green? How many episodes of your Apple podcast have there been? Uh, oh shit, 166? 182. I would have given you half a point oh for your enthusiasm. This is exciting. I feel like I'm a contestant <laughs> on Versus. Thrilling. More importantly, I got to tell you, I'm in love with Lady. Oh, thank you. She's usually here when we record the pod, but I left her at home today because it's so cold and snowy in New York. I'm sorry. I hope you're okay. Good morning, Ryan. And I'm here with Ned Douglas, the co-creator of Versus. Ooh. Hey, Ned. Hey, Ned. How's it going? Is now Devin Ned is also your life partner, yes? That's very correct, yes. And you guys are a creative powerhouse. You you do all sorts of things together. It's unheralded. <laughs> Listen, it's all the same. It's all create it's all because it all has the same arc and the same sort of narrative. We have uh that book. It's so heartwarming, it's queer friendly, person of color friendly. It's so charming. It's called Everyone, Fuck Off. And um, <laughs> it's, it's such a great coffee table read. Devin, can I ask you a huge favor? Are you on speakerphone right now? Yes. Would you mind taking yourself off just because we're, get, we're getting some distortion on our side? Oh my God! How's my, how's my voice? So, now? Much, so better. much better. Devin. Yeah, I did, that's so why I didn't realize better. you were quizzing me at first because I couldn't hear everything you were saying. Do you want me to do the questions again? Yes, I do want to, actually. Now that I know the answers. <laughs> Adam Sank, your very first Instagram post was 419 weeks ago. What was the location? It was in Summit, New Jersey, my hometown. Wow. I'm going to give you bonus points for being so articulate. Yes. <laughs> Devin, let's talk about you. Enough about me. You, uh, you've had right. such an interesting career. 
So I want to, we'll talk about the game show, but first I just want to go through your entire life. Let's start from the very <laughs> beginning. Let's start from birth. No, even though, first of all, I didn't know this about you. Even though Mrs. Betty Bowers is America's best Christian, you are not an American. I'm a half Oh, you're half, half American. Half. No. Your tits are American. I an American. But your pussy is Canadian. I'm originally from the boreal forests of Canada. Which kinds of forests? The boreal, which means the Arctic Canadian Shield. The coldest part of all of Canada is exactly where I'm from. And for Claire, and uh, just to let you know, Betty Bowers is who I portray, but it's written by Andrew Bradley. Yeah, and that's another thing I want to talk about because I always assume that you were writing those videos as well. But we will get to Betty. We're, we're now we're at in the Arctic Circle where you were born. Correct. Uh, in an igloo. And uh, correct. I mean, no wonder you got the hell out of there if it's one of the coldest places on earth. Listen, I didn't know you had a choice to live in warm places. I, was, I didn't know. And now you're in. Uh, and then I moved. Yeah. Go ahead. Southern California. I mean, what could be I'm warmer? I'm so much happier. I didn't realize I was depressed the whole time. Absolutely. But but you started out, and I this shocked me, this fact. You started out as a professional figure skater, because I imagine there was a lot I of ice am. up there. You're still a professional figure That's skater. That's all there is. I'm still a pro figure skater. I did Blades of Glory. I did Ice Princess. I did the Sonia Henny story. But it's all the same to me. A jump has an arc. A narrative has an arc. You know, a joke has an arc. There's a moment of inertia for a spin in figure skating. And there's a moment when you know the audience gets your vibe or what, what you're doing. It's all the same. But I don't think of figure skaters as being like hilariously funny people for the most part. <laughs> I mean, who's that gay one, Adam Rippon? He's kind of funny. But most of the time they seem rather serious. And yet you transitioned or didn't transition, you added to figure skating sketch comedy when you went into uh, Second City in Toronto. How do you make that transition? That's How do you first get into comedy? Uh, well, I think, well, if you look at the Canadian comedians, uh, I think it was just such an unusual take because I went from a, an extremely remote, isolated living off the land sort of lifestyle being, and then being put into to Toronto, I, you know, to live in society. So I didn't grow up with a bunch of pop culture references. So my take on comedy is, uh, is probably a little bit skewed or different, obviously, because I didn't have the same sort of upbringing. So it's almost like a third person looking in on life. And the transition, it, it never seemed like different things to me. It, it really just, and so what, it doesn't matter if it's music or comedy or if I'm doing any sort of, you know, God forbid, fashion shoot. Um, anything, anything you ever see me being serious on is literally the moments in between I'm laughing and being an idiot. And I think what you're saying is that you are first and foremost a performer, that that is just in your blood. That is, ab listen, uh, since I was five years old, I was wearing sparkles and everything else. So people who, I'm just putting in air quotes right now, who do drag or any sort of enhanced performance, I didn't base it off of anything else other than figure skating. Right, because figure skating is in, in and of itself a little bit campy. There's Correct. A, there's a yeah. real theatrical sort of pageanty. Uh, nature to it and with with the costumes and the outfits and the the music um, it's also very beautiful and graceful well that's where self-discipline comes in you know Ned being uh, an incredible music producer and musician we work well together because we both have the same work ethic and so growing up being extremely self-disciplined all of this you know to have laser focus changes a lot of things. So when you so were, if I want to learn something, I can I, I don't need ten thousand hours to become professional in something. So when you were growing up and you're in this little what I assume is a little town up in, in the Arctic North, did did everyone look at you and say, This this girl is not like us. She's gonna be famous. She's Correct. going somewhere. No, it was that's a really great question. Never once did I ever go, I want to be famous. I need everybody to know who I am. It was all always about, is this cool? Is this funny? I bet 
in a lot of ways, what I do is to empower people to liberate them to be idiots and to laugh and, you know what I mean, to, to disarm themselves and to, it's okay, it's okay to do this, to act like this, to be stupid head. Um, and hopefully, you know, there's that message of equality. I, I always put that in through everything because, you know, obviously growing up as a pro figure skater, it was just brutal to see these gay men having to marry straight women because of society. And it just, uh, so I was always an advocate an outspoken ally from a very young age. It just was so illogical to me. Yeah, I mean, you, you had to have known a lot of gay guys in figure skating. And it, and it's weird to me that it was ever such a closeted arena. You know, nowadays we see so many openly gay figure skaters. Um, but, but I remember growing up, we saw these men who were so obviously gay, and yet we were supposed to all pretend that they were heterosexual. Adam, that, that was the whole thing. It just, that I, I couldn't. It, it was beyond me. I was like, well, why don't you just say who you are, who you are, and you know, can't you be free? And now I understand. And that's where it came from, really. That's where the spirit of, you know, what I do and what Ned and I do together is to, just to have equality. And it's not, you know, it's not. In a lot of respects, a lot of it was being tolerated, and that just irked me. Yeah. It has to be a hundred percent acceptance. It must be. Well, thank you for, for being a part of that movement and for, um, you know, making that part of your mission, because I think you're, you're making a difference in, in the lives of countless people, as well as being entertaining and funny and, and amazing. Um, you know, I think when you have a purpose to it, when, there, when there's feeling behind it, that only enriches um, the performance that we see. And I want to talk about how Mrs. Betty Bowers came about. And, and how you started doing that. It was, it was uh, you know, sort of like 2012 around then when you started, I think? Uh, I think it was before that. Was it earlier? I had done a video. I was like one of the first YouTube people who had that viral video. I did a voiceover video called Welcome to My Home. And I was doing a parody of soap opera people and these voiceovers just took off people still like the second they hear my voice, they'll come up and scream. And the, you know, Jinx Monsoon had been doing it in her acts for 10 years. Lip syncing to doing it. the voiceover of, well, hello, I've got a huge vagine. I'm going to underline you. I'm a saucy booze hound. You know, all these boom, boom, uh, were just so catchphrasy. It just, it just really clicked. And from that, Andrew Bradley, uh, had, had sussed me out and said, would I be interested? I said, I am not an actor, but I'm, I am happy to judge other people or I can be myself. One of those two things. And he's like, perfect. <laughs> now I have to confess something to you that I, for the longest time thought that I just assumed that Mrs. Betty Bowers was a drag queen. I thought you were a man. Yeah, I thought Betty Bowers no, was a, a different person. I'm a handsome lady. I'm a handsome female. You're a gorgeous female. You're a gorgeous lady. <laughs> but do people often mistake you for yeah. I mean, when they see those videos or they think that you're just a guy in drag? I get, uh, well, it's very confusing because I do so, you know, being on Drag Race, doing so many things with World of Wonder. Ned and I perform with Varla Jean Merman mm. uh, quite a bit. And because we're such advocates in, in the in the circle, people just um, assume that I get emails. People just come right out and say, well, how were you born? And I say, with fucking manners. It's the least most interesting Work. thing Shade. about me. What I do in bed is really great. That's what you should be asking about. Well, please tell us, what do you do in bed? <laughs> I'm a figure skater, so I'm pretty flexy. <laughs> yes, that sounds wonderful. And Lucky Nick, Ned, of course, is from London, so his accent is, it will just melt me. As well as his foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I just took a guess. You know, those London boys—they tend to uh, to have the anteater. Uh, but De so, Devin, so 
so you start doing so which comes first betty bowers or your appearance on drag race as a as a guest judge or guest coach i should say Oh, well, it was really welcome to my home. Uh, so I'd done that in 2006. And then about 2008, I started doing Betty Bowers. But I'd been performing live. And RuPaul has always been... RuPaul was a huge champion of my voiceover parody videos. So even today, like doing Melania um, or Mesopotamia Trump... <laughs> RuPaul is a huge champion, so I would get texts from RuPaul saying, I would love for you to come over and play charades. Could you bring a cord of wood? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> so to hit us with a little bit of your Melania, your Mesopotamia. Uh, I've got garbage bag eyes, fuck Christmas. fuck christmas uh all right let's talk about verses which is on the reverie channel uh tell us about the upcoming first season of verses who are we going to see you you quiz on the show we've got varla jean merman iconic legend she, she you know she is cut to the teeth and uh, you know, she's one of our dearest friends, but it, it was so crazy. Spoiler alert. I got the question wrong. She got a question wrong. And the question was, wh- when were you married? And I married her. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're we're among idiots. everything else. You're a wedding officiant. What don't you do? Uh, very little. No, <laughs> listen, I put out. I have, I have, I sleep very little. I get very excited. The audience is going crazy at your putting out. Oh, yeah. Listen, Ned and I, we do a lot of stuff. We just have, you know, because we're happy doing it, we create a lot of music and doing all the music for verses. So we went to Reverie. And we had a pilot. It was 20 minutes long with our good friends, Tom Goss of Tom Goss Music yes. and Franz Zoni, the artist. And they were like, hey, this is great. Can you do it in five and a half minutes? And Ned was like, yeah. And so we did it. Fabulous. But this was all in quarantine. So we had to write it, shoot it all separate, edit it. And Ned and, and you know, did all the music. Ned edited the whole thing. And we, Reverie has been really great to work with. Amazing. I mean, I think the thing about quarantine is it's created such challenges for people and it's also inspired some of the greatest creativity we've seen. So yeah. I, I think uh, in some ways we're going to look back at this year and say, like, look at the amazing things people were able to do, including uh, this show that people can watch on Reverie. In the time remaining, Devin, it's time to play everyone's favorite at home quiz show aside from verses, it's called Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Devin Green, what is your favorite color? Green. Of course. How high are your highest heels? Oh, I am such a hooker. I've got a a strong um, seven centimeters. (laughs) Wait a second. Seven centimeters. That's what I tell people my penis is on Grindr. I'm like, I've got seven. Always use the metric system. Absolutely. So you're not a high heel girl. I'm I'm actually five foot nine in real life and I do wear high heels. So I get up to about six foot three. Yeah, because I saw an interview with you at DragCon and I don't know if the guy interviewing you was very short, but you looked statuesque next to him. I am like a praying mantis. Ned is six foot three. Mm. I'm five foot nine just in flats. So when we walk in, we take up a lot of height room. <laughs> nice. Do you guys have any kids? Uh, well, they're in my ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> are they ever going to come out or are they just going to stay there? <laughs> it can be dusty. I'll have to, I'll have to do a, an inspection. That's Ned, the best answer. My ovaries, please. <laughs> I'm sure he has before. Uh, by the way, that leads us... That leads us to our next question. What is the most erogenous spot on Devin Green's body? My snout. Your nose? <laughs> my, my downtown snout. Oh, is that what Canadians call pussy? <laughs> That's Canadian bacon. For real, though? Snout? 
<laughs> Listen, Wikipedia, everything I say. I love that word. Man, snout is my new favorite word. All right. Uh, describe the worst gig that you ever had to do. Oh, that's an easy one. I thought it would be really funny for another comedian and I to reenact um, Dirty Dancing, where I jump in their arms and they lift me up and say, hey, nobody puts baby in the corner. Right. Well, it was a low roof, and my foot went through the roof, and it got stuck in there. Oh, my so God. So they were holding me up, shaking. I was about to, half the roof is coming down. Everybody's having a ball laughing at this disaster. Did you break your foot? I almost broke my foot. I broke my good heel, though. Oh, man. That's even worse. Who was the other comedian, and where can we watch this video? <laughs> there was absolutely no video. Oh, that's a shame. It, it was in the old. It was in the olden days. Hey, do you miss performing live? I mean, listen. I retired from stand up in uh, in 2018, so I was already not performing. Like the podcast is pretty much my only live performing these days. Um, but what I do miss is seeing other people perform live, and especially right. I miss Broadway. Yeah. Do you miss it? No. Uh, I'll be honest, we do a live show uh, for complimentary every single week online, but seeing people like doing the meet and greets afterwards, Ned and I perform in Provincetown, we perform at uh, DragCon, and that kind of energy we miss, it's just a different sort of thing. It's just Nothing replaces different. live performance so, and, that, and the energy of a live audience, that, the way that, yeah. that, we, that they, they feed off you, you feed off them, and it becomes this incredibly special group experience. Yeah. I agree. You know, that's why I think movies will always be around. It's almost like a symbiotic relationship, you know, um, total vibes. You can sit in your room, watch shit on your own. But when you're in the group, like I'll never forget, I was, it was midnight and, and Jackass had just come out and I was like, I'm going to the midnight screening. And it was so fun. It was one of the best experiences because everybody was just so loose and, and and just charged. I can't wait for the day when they say, okay, you know, the vaccines have worked. The COVID rate is down to zero. Everyone out of their house, you can all do whatever you want. I think it's going to be the roaring 20s all over again. Mm -hmm. And I am here for it, honey. Uh, okay. Oh, I think, yeah. And then, you know, the only thing we'll have to deal with is like the usual cold sores and shit. Of course. All <laughs> sorts of STDs for me. Uh, Devin, who is your least favorite Canadian? None. We're not like that. That's not our nature. You're all you know, lovely we'll people. We'll even accept Justin Bieber. <laughs> you know, Canadians are pretty gentle natured. Ned is very, you know, Canadian, UK, Australian humor is different intrinsically than American humor. It's like, oh, look at how different we are. How funny is that? As opposed to American as a blanket statement. American humor is look how different we are. You're wrong. You're awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think there's no question that Americans are assholes. Yeah. I just, uh, I was thinking there might be one Canadian who rubbed you the wrong way, but, but no, they're all lovely people. Uh, will Donald Trump... I really, um, I, can't, I honestly can't think of one Canadian. I, I would ha if I come up with one, I will send you a facsimile. Will Donald Trump have to be dragged out of the White House by the Secret Service on January 20th? This could play out in a million different ways. Probably on the 19th, he'll resign, have Pence step in for one day to say he's the 46th president. You know, he'll ha he'll mm. something will happen. He'll get his daughter in somehow. Don't disclude that. This, Anything's possible this with this will, piece of shit. We still have 20 days to be a disaster. That's right. And finally, this is our last podcast of 2020. How would you sum up this past year in one word? In one word, is it snout? It would be inscrutable. Inscrutable. Nothing made sense. It was indecipherable. It will never happen again. This set of circumstances of a perfect storm will never happen again. And thankfully, 2021 will be inspiring and hopeful, and people will have a new sort of vision for the future. Even though everything has been decentralized and there's been a great reshuffling, 
I truly believe that people are going to pull through and be okay. Devin Green, you are a delight. We will be watching you on Versus on the Reverie channel. How can people follow you on the internet? Just go to Devin, D-E-V-E-N, DevinGreen.com, and there you can find uh, everything that Ned and I are doing, especially Versus, the new game show. Uh, I love you. You are amazing. Thank you so much for waking up early with us on this uh, Saturday, and have a wonderful 2021. You too. We'll touch hands soon, friends. Take care. And snouts. Ryan and JB, plug yourselves, please. You can follow me at Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter. At Stocking Thank you both so much. Thank you for a wonderful year. Tune in next week to hear a brand new episode. It's our best of the worst year ever special. A look back at the horror that was 2020. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week and a great year, bitches. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R dot com.